I'd like to talk to you for a few moments on the subject of building altars, building altars. When we talk about the word worship, oftentimes we think of a, a song or we think of modern day contemporary worship. But worship was not really associated with music for, I would say, hundreds and hundreds of years. The very first mention of worship in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 4 when Cain and Abel both wanted to worship God. And they both brought an offering. One was rejected, one was accepted, but it had nothing to do with a song. It had everything to do with a sacrifice. And so when we talk about worship, the law of first mention is go back to the first time it happened and see what is there. And worship was literally a blood sacrifice. And then you fast forward to Genesis chapter 9 and the very first mention of worship in the new world after the flood was Noah. He built an altar and on that altar, he worshiped God. And over and over through the book of Genesis, the patriarchs would worship God by building an altar. And the, the reason why they would build altars is for four reasons. The, the first reason was it, was it was like a generational thing. They wanted to build something that future generations would come by and see a big pile of stones and say, what's that there for? And it was for generations to see what God had done. Another reason, it was territorial. Some, some places would have altars to idols. Some places would have idols. And God's instructions were to tear those things down and put his altar, a simple altar of earth there. And these would mark what deity was over a certain territory. So worship was generational. Worship was territorial. Worship was also a memorial. It was a way for people to remember what God had done. Because, you know, life can get crazy. And you can forget all of the good things that God has done. But worship, uh, altars represented a place where God had done something and it reminded people of what he'd done and also worship was was very spiritual it was a a place to sacrifice something on David said this I'll never give to the Lord something that doesn't cost me and you know one of the big problems in worship is that people come to church and all we have to do is offer up maybe the fruits of our lips or lift up hands and none of that costs anything right it's it's not costly but but we have to when we come to the house of God to worship we're coming to build an altar and every single time we're giving something of ourselves we're giving our hearts we're giving our surrender to the Lord and it should cost us something can I get an amen Exodus chapter 20 and verse 24 is where I'd like to take our text today. And I'm, I'm telling you, this, this concept has the potential to change your life if you begin to build altars in, in, in your life. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 24. It says, build for me an altar made of earth and offer your sacrifices to me, your burnt offerings and peace offerings, your sheep and goats and your cattle. Build my altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered. Has, has anybody ever had a moment where God caused his name to be remembered in your life? Maybe he got you out of the hospital room. Maybe he provided something miraculously for you. Wherever he caused his name to be remembered and you said, that had to be God that did that. And I, and I believe this church is filled with those moments where God has caused his name to be remembered. And if you just stop and contemplate on the moments where God stepped up and he provided, where he stepped up and he healed. And, and this is what he's saying. When I cause my name to be remembered, build an altar of earth. And this is what he says. And I will come to you and bless you. 
If you use stones to build my altar, use only natural, uncut stones. Do not shape the stones with a tool, for that would make the altar unfit for holy use. And do not approach my altar by going up steps. If you do, someone might look under your clothing and see your nakedness. Now, I don't know about that verse. I'm not preaching on that verse. I'm preaching on the previous verse about building an altar. Let's pray. Father, at People's Church all across uh, this great state of Oklahoma and Indianapolis, God, everywhere that this church meets and everybody that's watching online, we ask you in the next few moments to give us a revelation that will change our lives. Give us a revelation, God, that will make every day a different day. Teach us, oh God, how to build altars in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are instructed to build altars every time God causes his name to be remembered. So I'd like to talk about this. There's five times in the scriptures where we are called, and I want you to write these down. Open up your notes on your, on your phone or on your, God forbid, have an Android device, whatever you are working with there. Open, I'm just playing. Open it up, and I want you to write these five moments where we're instructed to build altars. The first is in moments of transition. Moments of transition. The greatest illustration of this is Abraham. Abraham was called to leave the home that he was born and raised and go to a new place. And everywhere Abraham went, the Bible says he would construct an altar and worship there. Of course, he wanted those, those local people to know, I serve a different God, and this is his altar. It was territorial. And he was going, and he was setting up places everywhere that God would bring him, and he would bring him into a new place. Abraham would offer uh, up a sacrifice and build an altar. And we are called to worship God in moments of transition just like that. When God brought Noah out of the ark into a brand new world, it was a moment of transition, and he was instructed to build an altar there. Joshua, when he was trans transitioning from the desert into the promised land. He went through the Jordan River, and in that moment of transition, he built an altar. Solomon was, was building a new temple, and this new temple he was going to dedicate, and he built an altar and worshiped God. And how does, this, how does this apply to your life? Every time God brings you from one place into another place, it's a moment of transition. When you move from junior high to high school, that's a moment of transition. When you move from high school to college, that's a moment of transition. When you move from this house to that house, from that job to that job, when you have a moment of transition every single time, you, we are instructed to build an altar and worship God so we can claim this is new territory for him. We can claim his presence presence over this new part of our lives. And, and this, is, this is something because we have to be able to look back and see it was God who brought me here. It was God who helped me sell that house. It was God. And oftentimes we fly through these transitions of our lives. God brings us from one place to another place and we don't properly worship God in that place. And, we, and so we forget. We forget his goodness. So this weekend is a special weekend for me because Ten years ago to this, week, to this weekend, I became the lead pastor of the church I now pastor. So I've literally been pastoring for a decade on this weekend that I'm speaking to you here at People's Church. And let me tell you a little bit about the night before I became the senior pastor of the church I now pastor. I was in my backyard looking out, and it was open, starry sky, and I was scared. Moving into this new season of life, I've been used to 
song ministry, worship ministry, recorded albums, wrote songs, toured, did all kind of stuff, and this was a new season. And I got on my knees in that backyard, and I lifted my hands to the Lord, and I said, Father, you're bringing me into a new place, and I just, in open heaven, want to worship you, and I want to build an altar. And something about that moment, his presence fell on me in that moment. It was like his anointing and his grace for the job fell on me in that moment of worship. And that next morning, I woke up, and, and, and I stood on that platform, and I spoke the first message as, as being a senior pastor. But every time God brings you from one place to another, you have to figure out what does building an altar look like for you? Because in that moment, your worship has got to go up in some way. You build an altar there, and you worship God. The Bible tells us in the New Testament, we don't have to offer up the blood of bulls and goats anymore, but we do offer up spiritual sacrifices that please the Lord. And I mean, in moments of transition, you need to have a moment. You need to build an altar. You need to call your family together. You need to say, family, God has moved us from house A to house B, and I want us all to gather around in a circle. We're going to lift our hands to the Lord, and we're going to worship him in this moment of transition. And it's God to be something that you remember. It's got to be costly. This is why I tell people when you build an altar, there's always sacrifice. And, and I do believe in giving monetarily. I do believe in putting something in the ground to say, I, I remember this moment. This is a sacrificial moment. And when God brings you in, into, from one place to another, you build an altar. The next thing in scripture that we're instructed to do is in moments of truth. The first is moments of transition. The second are in moments of truth. All of us, if I interviewed the people in this room that have been serving God for a while, you would tell me that there are moments in your Christian walk where God has visited you in a unique way. Maybe it was a service where somebody preached a message that marked your heart forever. Maybe it was a, uh, a, a time where you were in a service and worship was going on and God spoke to you. Wave at me if you have those moments, those pivotal moments where God reveals himself to you. I have those moments. In, in, the, in the book of Genesis, Jacob, the patriarch, left his mom and dad's house. This is a message all in itself. He was 80 years old, scholars believe, when he finally left his. Y'all are worried about your 25-year-old that hadn't left your house. What about Jacob, 80 years old? Dude, it's time to go, you know. But he left his mom and dad's house at 80 years old. And he's out there, and the Bible says on night one, night one, the heavens opened. And he saw a staircase going up and down. And God said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Isaac. He said, and the land you're standing on belongs to you and your descendants. And this was a revelation to him. This was a moment of truth. And the scriptures say this in Genesis 28, verse 18. The next morning, Jacob got up very early. He took the stone he had rested his head against and he set it upright as a memorial pillar. Then he poured olive oil over it. He named that place Bethel, which means house of God although it was previously called Luz. What he did there is build an altar, and he worshiped God who, who revealed himself. And so here's the point. When you encounter the presence of God that marks you, when you encounter a word of God that marks you, when you encounter a miracle that you know is a miracle, these are moments where you build an altar. When I was uh, around 10 years old, I was invited to a prayer service of young people, and it was in a living room. 
Years ago, there was a worship artist named Don, uh, not Don Moen, Kent Henry. Does anybody remember Kent Henry? You are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place, Abba Father. Anybody remember that? So I was sitting on the stairs in this prayer meeting, and that song started to play. And for the very first time in my life, I heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit in my heart. And this is what he said, I love you. And I thought somebody said it to me. I turned and looked around, and I was by myself on the stairs. It was like a Samuel moment where I heard God speak to me for the first time. And it was just those words, I love you. And that began my walk with God. But in that moment, I fell and I started to cry. This this little boy. And I can take you back to that moment and say, that was a moment of truth. Also, I had many experiences like that in worship. One day I was out in a field by myself. And I was just worshiping God. I was 17 years old. And as I was out there, I was lifting my hands to the Lord, worshiping him, and he spoke to me a clear word. It was a moment of truth, just like Jacob had. And in and, and those moments, in moments of truth, when God reveals himself and he marks you, you build an altar there so you never forget it. Ever forget it. Because sometimes you question is God real? Sometimes you question, is God with me? Is God for me? And you have to have those altars in those moments of truth so you can say, no, I know he spoke to me then, and I know he visited me then. And these are moments, of, these are moments we have to mark with an altar. Jacob turned that stone up and poured olive oil on it, and he worshiped there. The third time through scriptures that we're instructed to build altars is in moments of trial. No, this is, this is not a fun one. But do you know that life is not perfect? And just because you're a Christian does not mean that you're not going to lose loved ones. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have hardships. And, uh, and, and many people theologically struggle with that because they think once you give your life to Jesus, now life is perfect. And you can actually believe for perfection here. But, guys, it's just not true. We, we go through struggles. And, and Jesus actually said, the man himself said, in this life you will have trials and tribulations, but take heart, I have overcome the world. But in moments of trial, when you walk through hardship, these are moments where you have to build an altar. My brother, my older brother, is uh, it's a great man. He's, he's battled chronic illness since he was 14, and now he's 42. And uh, his whole life, his kidneys shut down, and he's walked through years and years of kidney dialysis and heart surgeries and, and just trials, trials. And you're like, well, when is this going to be over? When is God going to do the miracle? When is he going to do the healing? Well, sometimes it is a matter of time. Sometimes it is a season. Sometimes it is a waiting. And in those moments of waiting, you have to build an altar and worship God in the midst of the trial so the enemy doesn't cause your heart to become bitter, so the enemy can't cause your heart to become callous because you're in the midst of that. And the best example of that is Paul and Silas in that dungeon in Philippi. And, and, and here's Paul doing God's work, and his back is blood. His back is beaten. I mean, why, why did God allow that to happen? I have no idea. But it was a trial. And instead of them getting mad at God and saying, I quit, they just started to worship God. In the middle, they built an altar in the middle of that trial. Some of you are here today, and you are in a trial. And I want you to hear the word of the Lord. This is from the heart of God to you. He is with you in this fire. He is with you in this tribulation. 
Listen to the word of the Lord. You will come through. You will come through and he is with you. But do not forget to build an altar in the middle of this trial. Some of you, your trial is a, is a son or a daughter that's away and has left. Some of you, this is a marital struggle that you're in and, you're, and, and, and you don't know if you're going to come through it. Some of you, you're literally up against the wall financially. Some of you are desperate for a healing in your physical body. I'm just telling you, like the children of Israel, uh, we're in the fire. Don't forget to worship the Lord. Don't forget to build an altar in this moment of trial trial. The fourth place that we're instructed through scripture to build altars is in moments of tragedy. Moments of tragedy. And Job, you know, I don't like the book of Job. I read that first two or three chapters of Job and I'm like, why is this in the Bible? You know, because here's a great man and tragedy happens. And what you read in this book of, of, of Job, Job chapter 1, verse 20, and just a little bit of context for those of you who don't, don't re quite remember the story. Job was in, in, incredibly blessed, but in one day, all of his kids were killed in one day. All of his cattle were stolen away. All of his properties were seized. Everybody, his whole life fell apart. And you know, if I got that news that one of my kids had died, I think I would just be like, God, why? Why? God? Right? But all seven of his kids got killed in one day. All of his properties died. Uh, uh, all of his properties were taken. And this is what he said. Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and he fell to the ground to worship. Man, we're living in hard times right now, you know, everybody, and there's, there's, there's moments of loss, there's moments of tragedy. Just last week, I had to bury a, dead, uh, a dear friend of mine who was related to COVID, and there are moments of tragedy right now, but what I see in people in those moments of tragedy, people who really love the Lord turn those tragedies into altars. And in those moments, instead of getting mad at God and shaking a fist at heaven, because all those moments test our faith and test our heart, people that understand how God is and our hope of glory and understand how, it, how God's in, sovereign over it all, make those moments moments of worship. I'll tell you a story about a guy named Hank. Hank is on our staff, and Hank is one of the most likable guys you've ever met in your life. Hank is, uh, he knows everybody. We call him Papa Rouge because Baton Rouge, he knows everybody in Baton Rouge, so we call him Papa Rouge. And uh, Hank was married to Connie, and they were high school sweethearts. One day, I was leading worship at our church, and I saw Hank sitting on the front row, and after the first song, he got a call. And I saw him walk out of the room, and he took the call, and he didn't come back. And I just remember seeing him leave and not return. And when I walked off the platform, Hank said, i got to talk to you. i got to talk to you. And we went and sat down in a room behind the stage. And Hank sat down on a chair. And Hank said, I just, I just got a call. I said, Connie was on her way to church, and, and uh, she, she's killed. She got killed. And, and, and I just remember the moment. She got in an accident, and she got killed. 
and he was having a hard time expressing it all, but uh, what he did in that moment, I'll never forget as long as I live. Through tears, he lifted his hands up to the Lord, and he just started to say, I love you, God. I love you, Father. I praise you. And, and we started to worship the Lord in this incredibly tragic moment. Wow. And the way that that marked me, the way that that marked him in that moment of tragedy, instead of getting mad at God, instead of worship came out, and I'm telling you, the Father sees those altars that are built in moments of tragedy. Now, if you could see Hank, God's blessed him so immensely. I could get into all of what God has done for him. But in moments of tragedy, don't forget. And some of you are like, man, my life is great, and, and you know, it's, it's awesome. Just never forget when you get the call, if you ever get the call that you never wanted to get, worship the Lord in that moment. It's so precious, and it's so beautiful to worship the Lord. And I don't like to leave it on that one because the Bible gives us another time to worship the Lord, and it's in moments of triumph. Yes, I love this one. <laughs> like yesterday when OU beat Texas, that was a moment of triumph. We build an altar and worship the Lord in that moment. But here's the biblical example in Exodus chapter 17 and verse 14. It says, after the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And then Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. When God causes you to triumph, we're going to lift up praise to him. We're going to build an altar. When you get the call that, hey, hey, you've been doing great. We're giving you a raise. Yes, I'm building an altar right here. When you get the calls, and uh, let me ask you something. When good things happen in your life, who do you give the glory to? Who do you give the credit to? Do you give it to yourself? Do you give it to your own innovation and your own brilliance and your own uh, faithfulness? Or do you say, you know what? The Lord has been good to me. And when you have moments of triumph, who do you celebrate and who do you give glory to? I love the story about an elderly lady who was trying to convert her neighbor who was an atheist to, to the faith. And she kept telling him, you need to get saved. You need to give your heart to the Lord. And he would say, the Lord, there is no Lord. There is no God. There is no. So they, were, they had a contentious relationship over it. And uh, one day she didn't have enough money to even buy bread. She was out on her front porch. And it was early in the morning. And she prayed, Lord. I know you see me. I know you see everything going on in my life. I just ask you to provide for me today. Daily bread, Lord. I just pray you'd provide for me. And well, this atheist was taking his trash out and he overheard her pray this prayer. Well, she left that day uh, and, and went out into town. And so he figured he would do something. He'd go buy some bread for her to prove to her that the Lord was not her provider, that, that he was her provider. So he went and got some bread and he put it on the front porch. And, and then he sat in the bushes to wait to see what would happen. 
And she came home and she saw that, that bread on the front porch and she picked it up and she started to have a praise break right there on the front porch. She started saying, hallelujah, praise God. You know, the Lord had provided bread and she started giving God praise and, you know, jumping and dancing and yay, praising the Lord. And this guy came out of the bushes and he said, hey, see, you got some bread there. And she said, yes, I did. The Lord provided bread. And he, and he said, no, he didn't. I got you that bread. And she said, hallelujah, hallelujah. And he said, why are you praising the Lord? And she said, well, the Lord used a fool like you to give me bread. Hallelujah. The question is, who do you give the credit to in moments of triumph? Who are you giving the glory to in, in, in these moments, building an altar? Come on, somebody. This is not even in my notes, but I'll give you one more time that we build altars in moments of thanksgiving when we're so grateful to the Lord. Let me teach you something about worship. The Bible says enter into his courts with thanksgiving. It's impossible to even enter into worship unless you have a grateful heart. Please let me, let me impart something to you this morning. Until you're grateful, you haven't worshiped. And that's why it's so good to take a moment and reflect on God's faithfulness and goodness to you. And, and so you can properly give him the thanks and the praise. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15 says, through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruits of lips that give thanks to his name. Amen. So. This is when we build altars in our lives. We build altars in moments of transition. We build altars in moments of truth where God reveals himself to us in a special way. We build altars in moments of tragedy. Should an event happen that is, is horrible, we build an altar and worship God. And it confounds the world. They do not understand. They don't understand how in the world you could worship in a moment of tragedy. But we also worship the Lord in moments of trial when we go day after day through something and we endure through something. We build altars so our hearts don't grow calloused and so our faith doesn't grow cold. We build altars in moments of trial and we also build moments, altars in moments of triumph. When God shows off and shows out, we choose to give him and him alone the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody agree say amen so here's the deal we're going to build an altar of worship in this place and all across people's church this morning people's church let me encourage you with this with this thought the father is looking for worshipers he's looking for worshiping churches and if you will be a worshiping church his favor, his blessing, his eyes, his anointing will be on this house. But it all depends if, if we can be a worshiping church. And this morning, we're going to build an altar. And we don't have stones to build an altar with. We don't have the blood of bulls and goats to offer. But what we do have is an altar of flesh that we're going to build this sacrifice on. And it's going to come out of our mouths and we're going to lift up our hands and we're going to sing out to the Lord and we're going to build an altar. 
I want you by, by raising your hands. If you are in a moment of transition right now where God is bringing you from point A to point B, maybe you're moving jobs, maybe you're changing houses, maybe you're in a transition between grades and schools, but if you're in a moment of transition right now where God is obviously moving you from one place to another, lift up your hand real high and wave it. Come on, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. We're going to worship today. Those of you who are in moments of transition, we're going to build an altar right, right today and say, God, thank you for being with me in this new season of my life. Uh, I want you to raise your hand today. If God, uh, if you're in a season right now where God is revealing something to you, maybe you're in a season of revelation where his word is becoming so clear to you and he's speaking to your heart, you're in a moment of truth. Would you raise your hand and say, I am, I'm right there. That's amazing. We're going to build an altar. Uh, some of you maybe have walked through a tragedy and the last week or maybe even the last three months, but a, a crisis in your life. And, and if that's you today, we're going to build an altar. Would you lift up your hand if you've walked through something intense in the last few weeks and months? Those of you who have walked through trials and you're continually day by day walking through the same trial over and over again. Would you raise your hand? Today we're going to build an altar in this place. If you're here and God has caused you to triumph, maybe recently you got a job, maybe recently you got your degree, maybe recently you passed the bar exam, maybe recently something great happened in your life, or maybe even your sports team won the game yesterday. I don't know. But if you're in a moment of triumph, I want you to raise your hand at me. Okay. And, and then finally, if you're here and, and you're in a moment of thanksgiving where you just really want to build an altar to give God, thanks for all of his goodness in your life. That's what we're going to do right now. So with that said, I want us all in every campus now to stand to our feet. And may the saints of God join their hearts together with one voice. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to worship him with all of our hearts. It is good for the righteous to praise him and to sing praises unto his name. I want us to start, and I want to welcome every campus to do this. On your, get on your feet. And I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to lift up holy hands to the Lord. When you lift up your hands, this is not a religious activity. This is actually biblical. Every time the priest would offer up a sacrifice to the Lord, they would lift up their hands to him and say, God, receive the sacrifice. And so as you lift up your hands high today, say, God, receive my worship. Receive my sacrifice today. I lift it up to you and I exalt your name. Before we sing, I want you out loud to begin to give God praise and thanks. Begin to say, God, thank you for your goodness towards me. Lord, you have been so good. Thank you for the health in my body. Thank you that I can stand on two feet. Thank you that I can lift up holy hands in this place. God, you have been so, so good to me. Come on, church. Would you begin to give God praise all across this room? Tell him thank you for his goodness in your life. Lord, we worship you. We praise you. You are so, so, so good. You are so good. You are so good, God. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. I love this line. You are my God. 
you are my God. Let's sing that together. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. You are my God. I wonder what it would sound like if we all sang that together. Come on. I will. Come on, church. One voice, one voice. Lift it up. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. Sing, you are my God. You are my God. One more time. Lift your voice and sing, I will. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. You are my God. You are my God. Let's sing it like this. I lift up my hands. I lift up my hands. Tell him, Father, I love you. I worship you. I lift up my hands. I lift up my hands. You are my God. You are my God. Sing like this. I love you so much. I love you so much. Do you love him today? I love you so much. I love you so much. You are my God. You are my God. Sing that. You are my God. You are my God. You are my God. You are my God.